Hello, welcome to my Camino the Podcast. I'm Dan Mullins. A bit of a different podcast this week. I trust you'll enjoy it. Stay with me. I want to begin, though, this week with paying tribute to Gene McCulloch, who died on Sunday, September the 5th. He was out doing what he loved. He was riding his bicycle and he was hit by a car, as I understand it, in Denver, Colorado. Um, He was 79 years old. When I think about somebody being 79 years old and being out on their bicycle on a Sunday afternoon, it strikes me that that in itself is a story worth telling. But he was a a key and very active member of the American Pilgrims on the Camino, and the American Pilgrims have been very kind to me over the years. And and indeed, as I understand it, I don't really know a lot about Gene and his lovely wife, Roseanne, but they were key in, in processing the the credentials that would come in. So American pilgrims or people from America would write to the American pilgrims and, and Roseanne and Jean would, would send out the credentials to them. And they did it for many, many years. And I know that Jean McCulloch will be greatly missed. So my prayers and thoughts with all of my friends in America, particularly the family and friends of Jean McCulloch. Which way to turn? This is my little brother, Leo, and we'll get to Leo in a moment. Thanks for your company, as always, and this is a podcast about the Camino de Santiago, and the Camino is a pilgrimage. The most popular route, and the route you're most probably going to uncover in a Google search, is the Camino Francaise. It's an 800-kilometre or 500-mile path from St. John P. de Port in France, over the Pyrenees, across almost the entire width of Spain, to Santiago de Compostela. That city in the northwest corner of Spain is named after Christ's apostle, St. James. St. James under a field of stars. The streets of the old city, centuries old, 
are paved with the hopes and dreams of millions of pilgrims who have dared to arrive to pay their respects to St. James. James ventured to Spain after Jesus' death. His mission? To preach Christ's message of peace and love. Pilgrims walk in his name to this day. And it's said, the Camino follows the Milky Way, the field of stars. I walked one morning very early. An Italian pilgrim thought it would be a good idea to put her alarm on repeat every 10 minutes. (laughs) And I wandered out of that town, Arges, into a misty morning, tired but exhilarated by the journey ahead. They say the day is darkest just before the dawn. Well, it was certainly true that morning, as I looked forward to arriving in Burgos later that day. As I peered through the mist, the sky erupted with stars. I hadn't seen anything like it. I've spent time in the outback, hundreds of miles from civilization. The sky in central Australia is almost too huge to fathom. It's not just breathtaking. Words can't really describe it. But there, on the Camino, as I crossed the Rio Vina, the sky was mine, and mine alone. When you wish upon a star, a falling star, a superstar, a sky of diamonds, light from another era, light years, a field of stars, me walking on the journey of a lifetime, this passing phase, time, taking tiny steps while the world and planets, solar systems and stars swirl around me, this life. I stared into the Spanish sky and said, I am blessed, blessed to be healthy and inspired. Blessed to be able to join you each week for a reflection. My Camino, the podcast. I always have a quote to begin the podcast, and this week it's Palo Coelho. Tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself, and no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dream. What an idea it is to be audacious enough to talk to your heart. Tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself, and no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dream. What an idea it is to be brave enough to listen from your heart. Who is brave enough to be a listener? A listener to hearts. Who is brave enough to speak to their heart in such a way that their whole being hears the conversation? I remember walking alongside the canals heading into Fromista. It was so hot, and I wanted to dive into the dam as you crossed the little bridge into town, but I wouldn't dare. Later that afternoon, sitting in the town square with a Brazilian girl and a South Korean man, Maria the Brazilian, said she dived into the water to cool off, and I remember thinking, if only I should have. She saw the thought, that look in my eyes. She said, next time, Dan. I remember thinking, I wish I was better at hiding my thoughts. (laughs) That's a fruitless wish, perhaps. I usually introduce my guests at this point of the podcast. There is no guest this week. It's two years today since my little brother Leo died of cancer. He is my guest this week. He is my pilgrim, my journeyman, my inspiration, my storyteller. It's two years since he died of cancer, and my tribute to him almost two years ago is one of the most downloaded podcasts in my feed. I had a handful of interviews in the mix to play for you this week, but something made me pause. Something made me say, perhaps not. Perhaps we ought to reflect this week. Two years ago, I paid tribute to Leo. This week, I'm thanking the universe for the blessing of his life. Tell your heart that the fear of suffering is worse than the suffering itself. And no heart has ever suffered when it goes in search of its dream. One of Leo's songs from his 2018 album is called Fade Your Love. Once I followed the light until the light was hard to see. Then the shadows did form like a storm, a mystery. But don't fade your love. Don't fade your love. Don't fade your love. Then the day turned to dusk, and the rust was plain to see. In some ways we have won. We have begun the will to be.
don't fade your love. We're still in lockdown in Sydney, Australia. Leo lived in Melbourne. We were both born and raised in Toowoomba in Queensland. So it's a thousand kilometres from Sydney, almost 2,000 kilometres from Melbourne. It may sound like Leo was a long way from home, but he wasn't because he's a twin. He and our sister Amanda were born just minutes apart. They both lived in Melbourne, so in many ways, in every way, he was home. And Amanda was with him when he died. I had spent the night by his side and, and I left as the day broke. I, I, I still don't understand why. But I was back at his house, standing in the backyard, when a breeze encircled me. It almost pushed me to the ground. It actually pushed me over and knocked me into a rose bush and cut my arm. But I walked back then into the kitchen and put a cup in the sink My phone buzzed. It was Amanda. And the text said he just died. I'm sure that he brushed past me. And I guess spirit is an enormous concept. It's almost 
too big to fathom, like that outback sky stretches forever, like a field of stars. Light that takes a lifetime to reach us. Time. Just in that moment I said the word. Time. It passed. We all will pass. An ancient light. Here's Leo again. Ancient light. Somehow, before the sun was a map of everyone, a topography of everything you be, just a history of everyone before me. Somehow before the sun was a map of everyone, a topography of everything you'd be, just a history of everyone before me. Ancient light. Marrow needs the spine like the leaf on the vine, a divinity of every vein and bone, sent to let you know you won't die here alone. Ancient light. Just this week, a pilgrim sent me a picture of them standing in the forecourt of the Basilica in Lourdes. They had written to ask me my advice about walking the path from the Grotto of St. Mary to St. Jean-Pied-de-Port, and they were about to embark on their journey of a lifetime. And it prompted me to go back to my journal, and the word spirit leapt out at me. La Chemin de Saint-Jacques follows many routes through France, the most famous of which is La Chemin du Puy. It begins in Le Puy, en Valais, and via the town of Osterbart, links with the Camino Francaise at Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port. I walked a slightly varied route from Lourdes to Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port in 2017. It was a kind of pre-Camino, largely to stretch my adventure to six weeks. Lourdes is both astonishingly beautiful and astonishingly sad. Tens of thousands of people suffering a myriad of conditions, hoping and praying for a miracle, their loved ones carrying and pushing them, hoping and praying. Thousands gather each night in front of the basilica to march together in a candle-lit prayer and song. The novena crackles out over the foothills of the Pyrenees, the ancient Chateau Fort de Lourdes, 
towering over them from a rocky escarpment above. Arriving in town via the train from Toulouse, the pilgrim's office meets you with open arms, the volunteer couple behind the desk, dedicated, gentle, warm. Climb the hills to Aquiajuquia, Lourish, they said. Hospitalero, Jean-Louis will be waiting for you. So walking into the jeet, you could sense the kindness of spirit. It was a handful of euros for the night, a meal and a bed. Jean-Louis said, go through and open the doors at the end of the room. Being at the top of the hill, the home opened to a full vista of the basilica, the river, the grotto and the Pyrenees hanging like a curtain behind a stage. This was Lourdes. There were les pèlerins, but a different kind of pilgrim. A pilgrim hoping the miraculous spring water will heal them. St Mary appeared to a local girl, Bernadette, 18 times in the 1850s. Mary told Bernadette to build a chapel in a small grotto in the side of the mountain, and the spring water flowing through that grotto became famous for its healing powers. Six million people visit Lourdes every year. They are collecting barrels of the water, people with 10-gallon plastic drums, people literally bathing in it, drinking it, letting it fall over their heads. Walking through the ravine which follows the river, the architecture and surrounds are incredible. The basilica bells ring the tune of Ave Maria before chiming out the hour. Sitting on John Lewis's balcony after dinner, the procession, the choral cloud of pilgrims singing Ave Maria below was something I'll never forget. Faith is a frustrating companion. It leads and then discards you. It trusts and then distrusts you. In Lourdes, it was offering hope. Hope at the very least. And there was some, for them, solace in that companionship. Le Chemin de Saint-Jacques winds its way past the grotto before immediately heading into dense forests just outside of Lourdes. And a great sense of sadness washed over me, being fit and able to walk 1,000 kilometres, this great adventure on the horizon, when tens of thousands were being wheeled around Lourdes, seeking a miracle. Life isn't fair. Whoever makes the rules didn't know love. The walk from Lourdes to Asson is exquisite. You follow the Garve de Pois through centuries-old villages, Lestel Bethalm, to climb via the Stations of the Cross. You go up to Calvaire et Chemin de Croix Exterieur. The 16 Stations of the Cross are marked with small chapels, and you climb steeply before arriving at the small cathedral, mirrored by life-size marble statues of Christ on the cross flanked by Dismas and Gestas, the two thieves who were killed alongside him. And a snake crossed my path. I walked that day with the thought that perhaps the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, are my mind, my body and my spirit. I wrote in my journal that day, I may not always have my health and I may one day not have my mind but I'll always have my spirit. I'm taken back to the moment Leo's spirit brushed past me, and as I stared at the empty cup in his sink, I imagined him placing a paper boat to watch it drift away. This paper boat I folded Paper boat. 
gave away That if I'm born a ghost I won't founder open In this paper boat To see you again Side by side ghost, I won't founder or bend in this paper boat to see you again. My journal from my Camino in 2016 is beside me right here, and while that song played, I opened it. This is what I read. The, the road winding down out of Astorga takes you through Murias de Rochevaldo, where pilgrims glance back to the old city's fortifying walls. The area was settled more than two and a half thousand years ago. It's home to the Maragatos people, a small ethnic community with their own culture and heritage. And the local delicacy is coquito maragato, um, a meat and chickpea soup. My Camino mentor, Jose Luis, recommended I call a friend of his when I arrived in town. Hola, I said. Is this Ascension? Si, she replied in very broken English. My mother and I will meet you in front of the albergue in 15 minutes. Ascension is the daughter of the famed Spanish guitarist Venancio Garcia Velasco. The family lives in Madrid and holidays in Astoria. And we visited the Gaudi Episcopal Palace, the majestic cathedral, the fortress walls built by the Romans. And atop the cathedral is an iron wind vane, and it's a Spaniard in traditional dress. And it's said, the story goes, Napoleon's troops, believing that that wind vane was a human, called to the man and told his side to surrender. But he was unmoved. Again, they told him, tell his leaders to surrender. Again, he was unmoved. So they fired an arrow, hitting him in the heart. He was again unmoved. And they say the arrow's tip is still in the Spaniard's chest. To this day, the French had a fight on their hands. <laughs> the Spanish love a good yarn. Ascension and her mother also took me to the former home of the Spanish poet Leopoldo Pinero, a wonderful museum dedicated to his life and his work. The home itself is a celebration of the cultural history of the region. Pinero hosted the biggest and most significant names in modern Spanish literature, art, poetry, music and cinema – an engraving in front of the home, overseen by a life-size statue of Pinero, says, 
Astoria is a venerable city of wall and cathedral, and between one and the other, between Rome and Combastella, the abode of the Pinero family was a transparent beacon in an opaque inner castle. <laughs> My hosts showed me another side of the city, a glimpse of what tourists, even slow tourists like pilgrims, never get to see. I slept soundly that night. Walking to Rabanel del Camino the following morning, I kept a steady pace, head down, deep in thought. A young Irish pilgrim stopped me. She said, Dan, slow down. What's the rush? Sometimes, she said, it's good to look back. She pointed to the horizon. There was the old city of Astoria, the sun rising behind it. I could just make out the Spanish wind vane atop the cathedral, his cordobis hat atop his impenetrable body. Thank you, I said. You're right. Sometimes we need to pause to look back. The Camino rounded a curve by a hedge and I looked for a yellow arrow. Hola, pilgrim, said a voice. Just out of view? Buen Camino, I said. Hey, man, are you Australian? I offered my hand to Doug, Miles and Kevin from Winnipeg, Manitoba in Canada. And I had a connection with Manitoba. An old flatmate had participated in a teacher swap program and he and the Canadian teacher swapped places for a year. They were delighted. I was amazed and after walking together for a while, we met later that day at Albergue Phoenix and spent a long afternoon talking in the shade in the Albergue umbrellas. We became great friends. A few days later, I met a Zimbabwean pilgrim, a very lively woman, walking to try to make terms with the rest of her life. She said she'd had a long night by a fire she lit in the wilderness. We all need fire, she said from time to time, to help us awake our senses, to make ourselves open to discovery. I pictured a sort of witch doctor type scenario. I was a little bit uneasy, to be honest. Last night, she said, I escaped this life. I let myself go up in flames to let my higher self look down from above. She was off her rocker. <laughs> Would you like to see the flames of hope and desire, she said. She took out her phone and flipped through the pictures. She said, look, here is my blazing soul. It was a very impressive bonfire, I have to say. But as the camera panned around, there were three figures swaying in the background. Hang on, I said, give us a look. Show me again. There in the background, wine in hand, arms around each other for company and solidarity, but also to remain standing, <laughs> were my three Canadian friends. Their faces said it all. Pure joy. We are brothers in spirit and in the way of St. James. No arrow fired from a bow would move them either. I spoke with Doug and Miles in my second podcast. I only knew them for a few days, but I miss them. Missing is, in a sense, believing. Believing you'll see someone again, so it forms a longing. Kevin passed away a few months ago. And I'm looking forward to seeing Doug and Miles when I'm in North America, mid-2022. Life goes on and waits for no one. It longs for no one. But me and my life. And you, your pilgrimage of life. When Bill and Jennifer Bennett and I were scouting for places to shoot the video for somewhere along the way... I suggested Santo Domingo de la Casada. Dominic of the Causeway was a peasant boy who dreamed of being a Benedictine monk but was turned away. So he retreated to the forest and became a hermit and dedicated his life to helping pilgrims on the Camino de Santiago. And he died in the year 1109. Just before he died, he began building a cathedral in the centre of town. Santo Domingo de la Casada is famous for the chicken in the cathedral. A German couple and their son were making their way along the Camino when they stopped in Santo Domingo for a meal. A young senorita waiting on them took a fancy to the boy. He said he wasn't interested, enraged. She took a silver goblet and placed it in his pocket and then accused him of stealing, an offence punishable by death. The boy was tried, found guilty, and hanged in the town square. Distraught, his parents carried on to Santiago to mourn their son. 
On the way back, they arrived in Santo Domingo, horrified, to find their son still swinging in the town square. But they rushed over to him and were amazed to find him alive. It's a miracle! I prayed to Santo Domingo to spare me, and he did, the boy said. A miracle attributed to the blessed saint, the pilgrim's hermit. Go, said the boy. The mayor of the town is dining with his friends right now. He will let you cut me down. The parents rushed to the mayor's home, pleading with him to let them cut the ropes to let the boy free. The boy is no more alive, said the mayor, than these chickens we are about to eat. Immediately the two chickens sprouted wings, beaks, feathers and feet and began prancing around the table, mocking the mayor and his friends. A second miracle, thanks to the hermit from the hills. Santo Domingo is entombed in the vast cathedral, bearing his name. And still to this day, there is a chicken in the nave above his body, watching over him. Locals say the cathedral chickens are directly related to the chickens mocking the mayor centuries before. Their descendants are kept in a small shelter in one of the albergues in town. Bill and Jennifer and I had dinner in a cafe in the heart of town. It rained heavily outside. Three pilgrims sat beside us, weathered, beaten and sore. One of them was waiting outside the cathedral a short time later. He was fiddling with his phone. He said, I have nothing to listen to. I just finished the last of my podcasts. I said, I host a podcast about the Camino. And we found it on iTunes, and away he went. I'll call him Mark. He was in his mid-40s, and he wrote to me when he arrived back in the United States. And he said that moment changed his life. He was walking that day his fourth Camino. The previous pilgrimage, he had walked with his wife. She had died just a few months before. Mark walked in 2018 in her honour, And he said he listened to my podcasts all day, every day, as he walked the remaining 500 kilometres to Santiago de Compostela. I asked if he would like to join me on the podcast to tell his story or his wife's story. He said, no, 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 not yet, maybe one day. But he said, I had helped him grieve. I had carried some of his burden. Perhaps he was lighter for it. So thank you, Pilgrim Saint in the Hills. Hey, have a listen to this, Deeper Blue. Which way to turn, no way of knowing. The bitter sea, a wind a-blowing, a deeper blue, blue is calling. I see the saints, dutiful daughters, I see their faces on the water. A deeper blue, blue is calling. Carry me down, follow me down. A tired wing, a broken arrow, a tattooed tear, a shoot too narrow. A deeper blue, a blue is calling. So carry me down, follow me down. My journal is frayed and burred, it's a bit like me really. And I mentioned at the top of the program, Jean McCulloch. Jean had worked at the albergue Gorkelmo in Rabanel del Camino. And as you arrive in town, you're greeted by the sleepy town rising up via the main street to the top of the hill. It's a, I find it a welcoming town, a town where you could stop and stay, perhaps forever. I'll get to that in a moment, but... Refugio Gorkelmo is run by the British Confraternity of St. James. I've stayed there twice. I can't recommend it highly enough. You know you're in a British establishment because they serve afternoon tea, milk tea and biscuits at four o'clock. It's very civilised. The year I was there, the first time I arrived early and put my pack in front of the Refugio to reserve my spot and I headed uptown for a cold drink. It was about 32 degrees. I pulled up a stool at a bar and asked for a clara con limon. Are you Australian? Someone said. Yes, I said. It was the moment I met Jenny from Cronulla. We've been Camino pals ever since. Jenny Heesh lives 45 minutes south of Sydney in the Shire. She's a Camino addict. She tries to get to Rabanel to volunteer at Refugio Gorkelmo every year. Jenny and her friend Julianne talk about volunteering as a hospitaliera or hospitaliera in episode 15 of My Camino, the podcast. I just love Jenny and Julianne, their enthusiasm and their energy. But on this particular day in 2016, Jenny was ill. She'd been quarantined from the albergue for fear of infecting pilgrims and was staying at a hotel up the street. Our meeting at the bar that day was a fluke and Monks chant vespers in the small chapel opposite Refugio Gorkelmo each evening. 
It's breathtakingly beautiful. The bars and restaurants are friendly and welcoming for pilgrims of any age. The Camino de Santiago follows Cal Real, where cars travel along the busier LE-142 between Astorga and Ponferrada. If you head south from the chapel on Cal Real and follow Cal Calvario, you'll come to LE-142 and find other albergues on the other side of the road. The municipal albergue on the left costs four euros a night. The bigger albergue Nuestra Señora del Pilar is on the right. And you stepping through that arched doorway is like stepping back in time. Asked to be taken to the room at the back, I was talking about this two weeks ago, where they've collected antique Spanish furniture and wool threshing boards. The boards are lined with cockle shells, which would catch the wool as it was thrown across the boards. They're only for show now, but they make an extraordinary feature hanging from the rafters, framing that antique furniture. My friend Kim operates a small bed and breakfast in Rabanel called The Stone Boat. It's just a wonderful place to rest. You won't be disappointed. Put it in your diary. You won't be sorry. Kim has weighed anchor at Ravenel. Her energy fills the surrounding streets. It's calm. A stone boat. My second visit to Ravenel del Camino in 2017 was much more memorable for the fact it was the day after I'd contracted food poisoning from some tapas in Astorga. My friend Lee was the first to go down, and he went down fast. I followed a few hours later, then Brett, my friend, and it hit Irish Ruth later in the night. I won't go into the details, suffice to say we were very, very sick. We arrived at Refugio Gorkelmo to find a British hospitalero wearing a t-shirt from a sailing regatta off the coast of the Isle of Man. Lee said to me he'd actually sailed at that same regatta and the hospitalero was very impressed. So impressed, he suggested we needed to spend some time quarantined from the rest of the pilgrims due to our heavy night the night before and he put us in our own room with four beds away from everyone else. Quarantine and cups of tea is how I remember Rabanel del Camino. You don't have to take the weight of the And you can't drink it down So you fight off sleep Until the sun comes round There's not an ache Of blue in the sky The politicians mumble All the terrible lies Now you used to think You were immune to the stuff But it slips up beside you and trips you up You don't have to take the weight of the world You don't have to take the weight of the world
telephone ring. The kids won't listen to a word you sing. And you're tired of talking, but you can't drink it down. So you fight off sleep until the sun comes round. There's not an ink of blue in the sky. The politicians mumble all their terrible lies. Now you used to think you were immune to the stuff, but it slips up beside you and trips you up. You don't have to take the weight of the world. Spring is here, a reminder that life is all about renewal, the chance to come again. My journal from 2017. Oleron Saint Marie is a beautiful French provincial centre under the shadows of the Pyrenees. An ancient town on the banks of two rivers, the Gave d'Aspe, joins with Gave d'Assau to make Gave d'Oloron. Time-worn homes in pastel colours climb up out of the river. The town itself was established by the Romans in the first century. The homely gîte, run by local volunteers, is right in the heart of the city. The walk out of town is like something out of a fairy tale. A marker outside of Oloron Saint Marie Cathedral points the way to Santiago de Compostela. I walked that day through rain and mud, moving north while the Pyrenees loomed large to my left. A stray dog tagged along for a while, matted hair, desperate need of a bath, out on his feet. He thought, looking at me, he's in worse shape than me, <laughs> and headed off to fend for himself. And I arrived in L'Hôpital de Blaise about lunchtime, just in time to enjoy a beautiful meal at the restaurant Aubergé de la Son, opposite the local church. The Gite Pellegrino is unattended. You place a few euros in an honesty box in the town hall and basically fend for yourself. There's nowhere to buy food other than at the restaurant, but there is a vending machine in the foyer of the town hall, and you'll find pasta sauce and pasta. And there's a small kitchen in the Gite. I slept well that night after eating pears off a tree behind the gîte. Some Camino friends, Jenny and David, had given me a gift before I left. It was a book. As I walked out one midsummer morning by the British poet and author, Laurie Lee. The author leaves his provincial English village to find a new life. He walks to London, making a living busking, playing his violin. And he ends up travelling to Spain, where he's enthralled by the culture and the people. The book actually coincides with small parts of the Camino Francaise. I read it in bits and pieces across France in the days leading up to my arrival in saint jean de port Laurie Lee finds himself in the wrong place at the wrong time, involved in the Spanish Civil War, unable to extricate himself largely because of his love of the Spanish people he has come to know. He crosses the Pyrenees in order to return to his friends. And I finished the book in Roncesvalles after crossing the Pyrenees myself. It was a wonderful kind of synergy, there's a table at the albergue in Roncesvalles where pilgrims leave items that they don't need or want. And I left the book there for someone else to pick up. I wrote inside the cover, an Australian pilgrim has left this for you. All I ask is for you to leave it here on the way of St. James, Buen Camino. So it's still out there. The story is still being told. My time in France was coming to an end. It truly is beautiful, even better, in slow motion. Hey, I hope I haven't overstayed my welcome. Thanks for your company, as always. It means the world to me. This life, this dream. You've been listening to songs from my brother Leo's album, Leo Mullins, and the album is called Being Here Is Everything. He's right. Being here is everything. All for you. Here you go again, my friend. Acting like there's no tomorrow If you pin the sky The stars fall through All for you All for you Shiny things can turn Sorry that I caused you sorrow And in the deepest dark The light in you All for you All
Until next week, I'm Dan Mullins. Buen Camino.